right here, dog. Where my dogs at? We right here, dog. Where my dogs at? This is showing in a chronistic athlete show, man. For May 24th, 2023. How's it going? How goes it? Oh my goodness, the Lakers got bounced, and I'm expecting the Celtics tonight, by the time the show comes out, are bounced. If not, go 4 to 1. Kind of like the Maple Leafs uh, for the NBA playoffs, and then the Panthers are up uh, 3 to nothing. Three to nothing, and then they're about to go to the Stanley Cup final, and then I won't be surprised if they do. Two teams out of South Florida, Miami Heat and the Florida Panthers, out of Fort Lauderdale Sunrise, uh, are number eight seeds in their respective conferences and their respective leagues about to go to the final of the two major sports leagues this season. Fascinating. And then, you know, we get a lot of debate up, you know, usual ESPN, sports radio, podcast, uh, NBA Twitter, NHL hockey Twitter, you know, all of that shit. Talking about, you know, all these teams that I talked about last week, you know, this is a continuation of last week, basically. Uh, you know, rebuilding the Leafs and all that. Hey, are, are athletes getting softer? Why can't they pull it through in the playoffs? And then some of the, you know, analogies or the similarities that I see between NHL and NBA you know with some of these super so-called super teams or like superstar athlete based teams have completely flopped I'll be honest (laughs) so if I look at the Philadelphia 76ers or Joel Embiid the process and everything you know I I think they're really analogous to fucking Toronto Maple Leafs like you got a superstar but you never come clutch through anywhere close. And you got a head coach, Doc Rivers, who was choking it. But this was a problem even before Doc Rivers. 2019, Sixers should have won. The Raptors winning that series in the Miracles shot and then going to the final. I think that took an awful amount of luck going into it also. Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, and rest of them on that crew. And then the Raptors beat that. I think it's a fucking miracle. And then uh, Celtics are getting into their choke mode. So they're kind of like the Bruins, but also at the same time, they got two superstar back, you know, backcourt guards that they got with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but they haven't come through. It's kind of like McDavid and Dreisaitl and the Edmonton Oilers, you know? It's just, hey, they haven't delivered. And then the same thing was happening even before these two kind of came to prominence with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. Although Gordon Hayward didn't play at all in that 2019 season um, because he, whatever, sprained his ankle and all that. The noodle leg injury he had, I still won't forget. Um, Yeah, and I just, you know, and then you get Denver Nuggets. I guess they're kind of mirroring that. Colorado Avalanche through last season where until the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup last year, there were perennial like floppers, you know, like flopping with respect to their talent. And then they finally came through and won Stanley Cup. And then this year they were just decimated by injuries. And the Nuggets, I think they're kind of having the same moments. Like, look, everybody's healthy. They got the depth and they're in the final. And I'm sure it will be the Nuggets versus the Heat final, which I'm very interested in watching. Unlike some people who are like, oh, Lakers, Celtics, all that bullshit. I'm looking forward to it. Minorly, I'm rooting for the Heat because of Jimmy Butler, my favorite basketball player at this moment in the last decade, I would say. Um, and But yet, I have a soft spot for Jamal Murray, the fellow Canadian, and the rest of the Nuggets. It's like, this, this is the first time the Nuggets ever made it to the NBA Finals. <laughs> this is going to be entertaining, and I'm looking forward to it. So, 
And what I wanted to mainly talk about is all these star athlete teams and then all these like star-studded teams or super teams. I mean like Phoenix Suns with Kevin Durant and Chris Paul, DeAndre Ayton, completely fucking flopped against the Nuggets, no less. Um, Where is the root cause of this? Where is the root cause of this? I think there's a common theme amongst all of them, which I kind of touched upon last week, which is uh, the star athletes on these teams do not have that next gear to get to it. And, hey, BK, are you calling them soft? No, I don't think they're soft. I just don't think they can go on extra gear like some of the other generational players are able to do. I, for one, you know, look at some of these generational players game-changing. You know, basketball, hockey, a little different because basketball, you can play 42 minutes out of a 48 in four quarters, or Kevin Durant's case, he fucking carried the Brooklyn Nets a couple seasons ago that because he, he was the only healthy one, you know, out of the big three at that time with Kyrie Irving and James Harden. He played every minute of the Game 7 against the Bucks, and I, I applaud him for that effort. I will forever, I watched that whole game. James Harden was a decoy because he was injured, but like... I've never seen anyone perform like that and then gave his absolute all, you know, so I don't knock that. But the reality is he didn't fucking win. (laughs) Giannis won. And Kevin Durant so far has not won a fucking championship outside of this Golden State bubble. I'm sorry, that's the fucking answer. Kevin Durant, great player, couldn't come through clutch. I don't put him on the same pedestal as like one of the best shooters ever, yes. But has he done it all? Has he been so generational compared to, say, Steph Curry? No. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, do I put them in the same realm? No. I think Steph Curry, after LeBron, or even LeBron, I'm kind of going like, it's a generational talent, but has he changed the game to a way that, like, everyone mimic LeBron? The answer is no. It was kind of going that way until Steph Curry just change the game of basketball and three-pointers splash brothers Steph Curry changed the game and he could bring the team back from whatever LeBron could do that but he's more of an amalgamation of everything everybody in one body which hasn't been seen since Magic Johnson but there was a Magic Johnson who was generational doing that and I'm not knocking LeBron no 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 that's like if it, that's how it sounds like LeBron is a generational talent but has he evolved the game the degree that Steph Curry did the argument is probably no Steph Curry did and all these other star players that we got presented right now uh, other than Nikola Jokic it's TBD at the moment but with his size and his versatility that he brings that's a combination of LeBron and Steph Curry into this and now everyone's looking for their Nikola Jokic and, you know, but I go like, hey, is this a proven case that, like, this is the next re- you know, revolution of the game? I don't know. We'll see. If the Nuggets win, I'm sure it will be a proven success case of it. But I'm sure we'll have a monkey see, monkey do. Kind of like copying, sports teams copying each other. And then we got the Wamba Mania that everyone's like, wow, this guy is taller than whoever. Seven foot one kid out of France who's about to go to the Spurs. And then it's like, can this kid be that next level of Nikola Jokic and be that, you know, Steph Curry level of, like, revolutionary player? I Let's see. 
But you know, that aside, that talent aside, do they have it in the next year to do it? Do they really want it? Because you know, that's the usual talk that you get like, oh, because like these Leafs players, Toronto Maple Leafs, going back to hockey, like don't know how to win. Edmonton Oilers, they don't know how to win, yada, yada, yada. I think the one thing that I come to a conclusion is I don't think these players are soft relative to those really old times of like Charles Barkley, Shaq, 80s NBA, or even 70s, 80s hockey, or 90s hockey, clutch and grab hockey. I think it got immensely harder with the number of teams. Number one, the probability of just getting through a round, just facing the number of players, the additional jobs that this these leagues have created made it even harder to win. So the dynasty is hard, number one. Number two, the game for both... the. The sports science of it, like, everyone is faster, stronger, yada, yada, yada. And I found this article where, like, during the pandemic-ridden season, 21-22 season, where CNN had the article about, hey, there are more soft tissue injuries that are happening. And also, recover and sleep, that's more important, you know, from physiological and psychological well-being's perspective. And then you get into this whole debate about NBA players sitting, only playing like maybe 55, 60 games out of an 82-game season. You know, they're lazy, they're soft, you know, you get those old-timers yelling about this. But I think J.J. Redick argued like, well, okay, the times have changed since then where like all these different soft tissue injuries, especially for NBA players, I'm picking the basketball players, the amount of load that's going into all those jump shots, which is more than ever, and then the numbers back this up, like how many three-point shots, jump shots, compared to just driving to the basket, pivoting, yada, 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 is happening. We're like, uh, to a point where you go, you can't compare those eras like you did. And then the recovery and then the stress that's on the body, the legs, it's even more. I get that. I get that. So there, that's a factor there. But that's, that's on one player. That's per head. So now we get stats like, hey, how many man games that are lost, usually in the men's sports, you know, games lost due to injury, right? Major League Baseball had this, uh, NBA has this, NHL had this, you know, aside from the average age and all that too, you know, have to be an indicator of, all right, how, uh, long, what's the longevity of these bodies that they got? Because to be honest, LeBron, 39, going to be 39 right now, ain't the same 39-year-old that Michael Jordan was 20 years ago. I think the 39-year-old LeBron is more like 45-year-old. <laughs> Given all the loads of the games and extra rounds of playoffs, extra games that he had to play. He's playing in those like seven-game series instead of five-game series that the pastimers played. And then playing on top of that all the Olympics and all that that he committed to. Same for the Blackhawks, the Jonathan Taze and Patrick Kane. I'm like, oh, they're only 33, 34. Dude, on that body, like, the 32-year-old is going to be more like 37-year-old. On top of that, the World Championships, the Olympics in between, all those playoffs that these players logged compared to the 70s and 80s is way more. Yes, it was more physical back then, but you can argue that things got faster than back then, which adds to the stress. So, you know, I, I think the answer to those individual injuries and longevity would be depth. Which, if you look at all these teams, forget the coaching for a moment. The Celtics, the Sixers, the Maple Leafs, the Oilers. Their depth is trash. <laughs> if one or two go down, they can't fucking perform. And then, like, if everybody gets psyched out, like, oh, does, does that mean they're soft? And then 
especially for like playoff hockey or basketball such a momentum killer you know and then it's just like then it comes down to the intangibles at that point so i would say the physiological side of sports science has greatly advanced and like there are more strains on the body than than we realized even 10 years ago 20 years ago number two the depth is missing your salary cap and everything number two number three uh i think this is where like some people argue like a hey, players being coddled comes in but like i think the next two factors are a little more intangible which i'm not getting to get into i'm not gonna pre- i'm gonna preface it by saying i don't think any of these players want to win less i don't want people thinking that i think that's the dumbest argument from the mouth reading morons that i heard from the sportsmen like i don't think he wants it i don't see it well is everybody an extrovert like you motherfucker like Yes, we love seeing, like, coach losing his shit, player just breaking his stick, or, like, fucking throwing the basketball up in the air, going rah-rah, all the theatrics. But, hey, in the end, what matters is, did you win or not? And after all that, what is the probability that those moments led up to a victory and an eventual series victory, or to go beyond that, a fucking championship? The chances of that happening are like really slim or you don't hear about it. We would have heard about it because that's a great publicity narrative if that happened. But that just doesn't. And then, you know, a lot of athletes, I think today, as much as Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, you can get into the semantics of it. I think I think people just want to do the work and then get out. It's about efficiency more than ever. Which is why, if you look at the style of play, whether it's in hockey or in baseball or basketball, three-pointers, home runs, goals, speed, the end. In between, doesn't matter. More goals you score, more runs you get, more points that you can efficiently get without killing the clock or your body is a way to win. And that, unfortunately, I think gets translated into, oh, Sometimes grit, persistence, perseverance, and then uh, this resiliency that people talk about. And how do you measure that? That's a good question. I've been thinking about this. And then it's like, what are the advanced metrics to measure these? The heart. (laughs) The dog in you. How do you fucking measure that? I guess you can look at it into, like, in hockey example, the entry. Offensive zone entry. And how efficient they were. The efficiency rating of it. For NBA, it would be like driving to the basket or like zones, mile, whatever. And then you're not do- they're not doing enough of it. Or if they're not entering enough, are they not entering into the offensive zone enough or getting into the paint enough when they should because they were strategically unable to or two, because they're unwilling to adjust or ha- either have a coach or the player themselves adjust to it to, you know, stick to those metrics. I don't know. But those are, I guess, the sides of advanced metrics that people go, fuck stats, man. But, like, I, I'm not that either. I think it's a mix of everything. You got to take all the multitudes of factors into everything. And, yeah, I think there's some truth into some of these star players not performing up to their standard. And how do you measure that? I don't know. Like the Celtics and Heat Sunday night. I was watching this. Heat basically in the second half after being up like 15 points just let the Celtics shoot 
But the Celtic, you know, heat strategy is make it. Then you tell me. You catch up. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown had all these open shots. They didn't fucking make it. They just didn't. Is that a psyche of it not making it? Is the elbow angle not enough to make it from the launch angle? I don't fucking know, but they didn't make it. They're already down, so I'm sure there was like it's pretty demoralizing to chuck those shots continuously and miss. And the heat is giving you the look. I just go. And then the Celtics head coach, I think he ended up saying, Yeah, I didn't prepare them. I should have prepped them better. At the same time, I'm kind of going like, what was the game? plan going into it and then did you have an adjustment so injury soft tissue injuries speed uh just a sheer length of the games length of the season we have depth number three is adjustment i don't think the modern players are really good at adjusting i think that's something tangible we can hang on to and talk about it was like hey Connor mcdavid awesome matthews jason tatum Kevin Durant. Alright. Some of the head coaches are knuckleheads. Like I talked about. Doc Rivers. Sheldon Keefe. Whoever's on the... You know, Monty Williams. I, I don't know. He won a championship. No, no. He didn't win a championship. <laughs> Sometimes that voice... Like... The adjustment... Is just... Maybe they try and it doesn't work. But sometimes you just don't see any adjustment at all. Doc Rivers, for example, all the Sixers players are just standing around when they're getting blown out by the Celtics in Game 7. Did Joel Embiid change the game and say, we got to go in this way and that way? Maybe he did, but like it didn't execute at all because everybody else, every other Sixer was standing around doing nothing. When the Maple Leafs, they couldn't, like, other than Game 4, did they adjust to, like, hey, let's play off the board and then, like, attack them. Let's give it to them. Did they have a different way of, like, entering... To the offensive zone, do they have a better way to counter the forecheck the Panthers are having? No. And then, to be honest, the players didn't seem to have an idea what the fuck to do. To me, that explains to me that these players aren't seeing the fucking game. Therefore, they're not that great of players. And then coaches are the easiest of first to blame and say they didn't do a good job. But I just go, if the players are this generational and played this long in the game of basketball, in the game of hockey... And not able to adjust accordingly. That's on them. LeBron is the only one that kind of seems to coach himself. And then like yada yada yada. Go at it. Is he the, is LeBron the best general manager? Fuck no. That's why you got Russell Westbrook on the fucking team. <laughs> but I think these players play in, incredibly one dimensionally really good at it. And that. I think that's more of a systematic problem that I see in modern athletes that like you do this, you score goals, you get the get the hits, you get the velo, you know, you get your distance, you get your goals, you get the highlights. And no one learns a rounded game anymore. And only people that seem to be two-way are pretty good but rare. But hey, how do you get to the major leagues, the highest level of the playing league fast? Just do one thing and do one thing well. The rest is not your responsibility. To a degree, that makes sense. But I think that's where versatility and understanding as an athlete to understand that versatility and strategic side of it is really needed at an absolute high level.
which I think all the aforementioned teams that I mentioned that haven't won jack shit, awfully lack. Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews can change a game on a dime. Yes, they did that in the regular season. Why couldn't they do it in the playoffs? Oh, it's injuries. Yeah, yeah, that. Yes, I understand. And you didn't get enough help. But that's it. What have they done? They didn't adjust their game. They got taken out, and then they couldn't do it. And then in the playoff rounds of it, Jason Tatum couldn't hit the fucking open shot. It wasn't just a game three thing. People disappear. And this psychological aspect of it, of adjusting and then quickly pivoting, is a key attribute in an athlete, which I think people misinterpret it as soft. Which I think it's a great misnomer. They're not soft. They're, they're soft. They're not hard enough to like get in there and do things. But like, it's really adjustment depth that's missing in these people. And I don't think these players see it. And I think that's in their like ineptitude of it. That's the way I see it. What do you think? Am I over-psychoanalyzing these athletes over here? I covered the injury length and all that in depth. So I think soft, in conclusion, is a very, very misleading term. I think we need to look at what, do the five why exercise and ask, why are you calling these people soft? Because this. Why? Because that. Why? Because these. Why? Because those. Then you'll probably get to a real answer, which is what I'm getting to, is these players are failed to adjust and, you know, get over the hump on their own. And no coach or no general manager can ever fix that other than the players on the field. And I'm sure some of the general managers and president of whatever sport operation will agree with me on this assessment. You can throw a gazillion advanced stats at it to back that up. You can add all these non-tangible anecdotal evidence to say, hey, this guy ain't doing it to back that up. So I don't think that's soft. I think it's about learning the game and not being able to adjust with respect to their age and their career, the years of their career going into it. I think that's been pretty evidenced by Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid, uh, Connor McDavid, I can't believe I'm saying this, Leon Dreisaitl, who admitted he sucked, and many others. All these superstar athletes aren't superstars, as they are coddled to be. I will say that. Don't put them on a pedestal. They're no better than eh, extra better players than what they got. Anyways, thanks for listening. Email me at a-show at outlook.com. Kevin Durant, don't get mad at me and block me on that shit. You know, you're better than that. You know, aa-show at outlook.com. We'll see you next week uh, when we get to, uh, oh my God, it's almost June. Peace out.